0: Support for this podcast comes from Blackline and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Vanessa Wilson, Chief Financial Officer of Golden Seeds, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 126. How is a finance leader? Are you How driving are you driving change, change in your organization? organization? How are you driving change within your organization? in this episode we bring you three tales of collaboration each from a different cfo tasked with creating a collaborative finance function listen to our three tales after these words from our sponsor many accounting and finance professionals are facing a sizable obstacle these days in this age of data enlightenment Their financial close processes leave no time for data analysis, the very activity that opens the door to new opportunities and career advancement. Blackline has the answer. By automating, centralizing, and streamlining financial close operations, Blackline customer organizations are now ready for the data centric world, allowing their finance and accounting professionals to open the door to new opportunities. To learn more, visit blackline.com forward slash CFO. One of the CFO thought leaders who has been good enough to join us on the show twice is CFO Sherry Buck of Libby Inc., the glass manufacturer. During our first interview uh, with Sherry, we're hitting on the subject of collaboration and besides offering up some keen insights when it comes to embedding finance talent, she shared a great anecdote as far as how the finance team at Libby was able to step up and collaborate uh, in an hour of need that the manufacturer experienced. Here, let's listen.
1: We've, uh, in the past couple of years, been very focused on our cost position and about getting our footprint, our manufacturing footprint, the way we desire it. And we're really now starting to um, pivot to more of a growth agenda. And the reason this topic is, is so exciting for me right now is because I think there's a whole different kind of skill set that's required whenever you're working with a business and focusing on growth. Um, there are a lot of opportunities that are out there, and I think really the first step as we try to work with a business and and helping to achieve that is the right talent and the right kind of skill sets. Um, so currently, there are uh, a couple of key finance positions that we're uh, recruiting to fill. And, and it goes without saying that we're looking for individuals um, who have the basics, the data analysis, your planning and forecasting. But I think the, the key skill set that either we want to hire in or coach our people with um, is something that I call strategic agility. And it's about those people that um, are very focused on change, uh, they're inquisitive, and results-driven. So um, one part of the thing that we're working on is bringing in some new skill sets And then for the individuals currently in our organization, helping them um, build that confidence to be able to have those dialogues with the business where um, they're much more proactive in talking to the business leaders about what's happening, gaining the insights, and asking, you know, what if we did this or how could something else happen differently?
0: Are there organizational changes that need to happen here as well, or maybe it's a cultural uh, change? Um, Today, our finance organizations are embedded
1: within our business units. And um, as our organization is changing to a different um, focus area while still balancing all your cost and productivity, it's requiring our finance organization uh, to change and adapt. So, I view it a, as part of our whole living transformation um, and what are the skill sets that are going to help move us forward. So, um, you know, it's changing our finance view of how we view ourselves and how we can be um, at the table with uh, the business leaders, but also um, changing in the business perspective that they see us as someone who can ask those questions and help drive the agenda forward.
0: Can you give us maybe an outcome uh, from this increased collaboration with the business?
1: Sure. Um, one example that comes to mind is uh, last year during our third quarter, we had one of our furnaces that had an unexpected malfunction, and that resulted in production for that furnace uh, being down for several months, and it had to be rebuilt. So my finance team played a very integral role with the business, um, because they quickly had to develop a lot of different scenarios. Um, so I'd say leveraging skill sets they have, but um, had to partner very closely with the business to figure out how we were going to continue to serve our customers. So they had to understand what inventory we had on hand locally, um, what can our other Libby business units supply, um, either from inventory or changing their production schedule. So um, they had to understand both customer requirements what production requirements are beyond the, their specific region, reaching out across the, the Libby regions, um, looked at external sourcing, so understanding what other sources of supply were available. And so then the finance team helped, I'd say, collaborate with those um, business members and bring um, the analytics, bring transparency, um, what are some of the risks and tradeoffs of taking a certain course of action, um, and really work through this unexpected challenge to help us continuing to serve our customers. So I think they really demonstrated some of the uh, core attributes we were looking for.
0: Next, you'll be hearing from David Morris, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy, which has a fairly unique business model where it invests jointly in Guardian Pharmacy locations and operations across the country with local ownership groups. So as one would imagine, there's a high degree of collaboration across uh, this organization, particularly with the finance uh, team. Um, we begin our discussion with a question being posed to David. Now you've been CFO of Guardian, the relative startup, and Guardian, this uh, fairly mature middle market firm. Can can you share with us how the role of CFO is? Changed over time,
2: when we initially began you know putting the financial and operational structure together, we had one location in Phoenix, and I'll tell you they probably got sick of seeing some of us today. We've got twenty five going to thirty locations, so it it's it's changed significantly. But from the onset, I would say our mindset has been to put the people, systems, processes, controls in place to run a large company. Uh, so I won't say you know we were ready to go public eight years ago, but we've been working to run this company even when we were fifty million in revenue. Run it like a $500 million company. So that that's kind of been our mindset. We've also worked hard to stay in front of the support structure, and it's tricky in a high-growth environment. How much do you invest? Can we get by with this? Do we need to invest in that? I think we've done a much better job of that in, in this endeavor, and that's some of our learning from our our previous company. The final thing, we've surrounded ourselves, I think, with – you know fortune 500 caliber advisors from the accounting law firms banking relationships real estate advisors and other consultants so that that's kind of how we transitioned you know from one location to 25 going to 30
0: Guardian jointly owns the majority of its its locations with local ownership groups and so as CFO you arguably oversee quite a few joint ventures uh today how, how do you compare or maybe characterize your role to a CFO in a more traditional enterprise. Do you have more or less stakeholders?
2: Depends on the size of the company. You could have some large companies that have have 10 owners. Obviously, public companies have thousands and hundreds of thousands of owners. But you know, our business, as you said, is made up of 25 going to 35, 40, et cetera, individual businesses. So. We've got a diverse group of owners and constituents that we work with. So it's, you know, we've got that many board meetings, that many financial packets, tax returns, business plans, bank statements, et cetera. So I, I think it's, it's more complicated, um, than, you know, a more traditional CFO role. But, you know, we made that decision from day one to structure Guardian this way. We think it's worth the investment. And an additional time it takes to run the business this way because the local entrepreneur and their teams are focused on executing in their existing market. And I think it really helps them keep the the eye on the ball. And I would say the results we are achieving are approving the strategy that we've embarked on to be effective. So it, you know, it requires a very collaborative process in working with our local entrepreneurial presidents. We look to them to guide the business, you know, make decisions and then carry it forward. And I'd say 99% of the time, what they recommend, we all agree with. I mean, and that, that's the beauty of our model because The local entrepreneur as well as guardian, our interests are consistently aligned. And that really helps the presidents take focus, make the right decisions to keep the business growing profitably.
0: Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. You want smart? of year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com/middlemarket. Our third tale of collaboration is an IPO tale. <laughs> We've heard a, a number of intriguing IPO tales on the CFO circuit here, but few offered the deep reflection. Uh, into uh, the experience and its collaborative demands that Jim Tolan, CFO of Broadsoft, uh, brought to the subject. Here's Jim.
3: So, yeah, it's really, uh, it really is a nine-month process. And so, and it is uh, somewhat unique in that all roads lead in and out of the CFO. And so it's sort of the ultimate from a CFO standpoint in uh, leadership and project management. when. our board told me, right, let's go. I came back home and, you know, my wife said, well, I'll see you in nine months. And that was just about right. And, uh, and it's really because, you know, you're the center point of being able to articulate the company's financial strategy, business strategy, even the business section in the 10K, uh, how to present the company, uh, to investors. Uh, it's also, you gotta manage the bankers. You gotta manage the lawyers. Uh, it's, uh, it's almost at at times a a goat rodeo with, uh, so many third parties involved with what you're doing. And even when you're, uh, you're close, you file, you're still aiming at a somewhat distant target. So you're, you file, you're getting ready for the roadshow, uh, you're about to go on the roadshow. You still don't know what the market conditions are going to be like when you actually price. And so it's, uh, and of course all your investment in terms of lawyers and bankers and time and your team and uh, socks and everything else are up front before you know you're going to get you're going to get out or not. Um, and uh, you know one of the things that happened with us, is, you know, this was back in June of 2010, is we had the flash crash in May. So we went from a frothy IPO market in March when we filed to a um, very tentative market with things like the flash crash and the uh, beginnings of the Greek crisis. And uh, I guess the anecdote I'll share is we were um, almost at the end of the road show. We were flying from Oregon to, I think, Minneapolis for our last day. And our lead investment banker was being pretty hedged with us on, hey, we're going to price in two days. But if we don't price, we'll have uh, the two of you smiling down investors, see if we can get that done. And um and so I said, all right, well, if, if we can't get it done the first day, what happens? Well, we try to get it done the second day. I said, well, what happens if we can't get it done the second day? Well, we probably, you know, need to postpone the offering. And and uh, so I said, so, so when do we do it again? And uh they said, it's September. I said, okay, well, since we've done the road show, I presume we have to do the road show again. I said, no, 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 we have to start over. And So I looked at the bank on the plane, and this is after two and a half weeks of, you know, eight to 10 meetings a day, uh, next city that night, next city that night. We were just <laughs> exhausted and, and tired of hearing ourselves talk. And I said, you're one of the best investment banks in the world. <laughs> we're ready. You figure out how to get us done. And we ended up getting priced on the day, but it was a very choppy. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it, you think about our IPO, we went out at nine, we traded seven dollars and 30 cents to a little over nine for six months. And, uh, without a lot of attention to us, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we announced our Q3 that year, our second quarter as a public company, and the stock just started moving, and, uh, you know, we were, uh, in the mid-twenties by the end of the year, so just, uh, you know, so we were flat for six months, and then tripled in a matter of, uh, really, weeks.
0: Okay, there you have it, three unique CFO tales, all highly collaborative in one way or another. Hey, I just received an email that Dan Crum, CFO of the Kansas City Chiefs, will be joining us once again later this month. He just confirmed uh, his interview date with us. Looking forward to uh, speaking to Dan once again. You'll find that in the archive later this month. For CFO Thought Leader, this is Jack Sweeney. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. At CFO Thought Leader, we wanted to give you, the listener, some added clout when it comes to selecting next season's CFO guests. We call it listener's choice. And in the months ahead, our listener's choice guests will enjoy some added box office clout as we advance the CFOs you most want to hear from into next season's CFO lineup. To learn more about CFO Thought Leader's listener's choice, visit us at cfothoughtleader.com or go ahead and email me at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. Hey, one last thing. It's no secret when we originated CFO Thought Leader, it was with iPhone users in mind. Android users, we have neglected you. And so to make amends... We just released a CFO Thought Leader mobile app just for you. It's now ready for download on Google Play and Amazon Android Markets. No matter what world you're part of, thank you for listening.